we are not only selling condoms. Our vision is to make people use them when they are needed. And that's why we wanted to be so true to this story and so true to the message that we thought that the target group actually could relate to. Hello and a very warm welcome to this, our second series of transformation stories from the award-winning Valtech Café. Last year, we spoke to more than 25 global brands and industry experts about their experiences of digital transformation, and this series is no different. From airlines to retailers, manufacturers to healthcare companies, this is a podcast series that strips away the digital buzzwords and challenges what we all thought we knew about our industry. Covering topics from the circular economy to customer experience, emerging tech to composable architectures, we're removing the filters and getting to the bottom of what's really going on in digital today. I'm Tizzy Philp, and welcome to the podcast. 80% of Scandinavians say that they like to use a condom when they have sex with someone new, but only 50% make it happen. That's the very unique challenge that my guests set out to remedy. In fact, they set out to close what would become known as the condom gap. Today, I'm joined by Annette Otterstrom, Communications and Brand Manager at RFSU, the Swedish Association for Sexuality Education, and Frida Carlsson, Business Director at Valtech Radon, who worked with RFSU to build a campaign that hit the headlines for all the right reasons. Together, we'll uncover the details of one of the most memorable bits of marketing from the last couple of years, one that went on to be recognized as the 12th best PR campaign at the 2019 Global Sabre Awards, as well as getting to grips with what made it so impactful. So Annette and Frida, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Annette, first of all, let's set the scene a little, as always. Can you tell us more about RFSU, the work that you do, and your role within the organization? And then let's talk a little bit more about this statistic that 80% of Scandinavians say they like to use a condom, but only 50% make it happen. Tell us more. Thank you for that and and that uh, very nice introduction. Annette Otterström, I've been working with the RFSU company and organization for a very long time. I have had the privilege to do that and that I'm very uh, proud of. I worked with many different products and projects over the years. And since 2016, I took over the category for condoms. But more about that a bit later. And when it comes to the organization RFSU, I just want to tell the story about it because it's a very fantastic story behind it. And it's an organization, company and brand, actually one of Sweden's most well-known brands, best known for condoms and that we know a lot about sex. The fact that RFC was founded already in 1933 by our founder, Elise Ottesen Jensen, fewer people know. Elise founded RFSU because she saw how people, families, and not at least women, suffered from not being able to protect themselves from pregnancies. She was one of 16 siblings in a family. So informing and educating people all over Sweden obviously cost money because that was her mission and the solution to solve these matters back in the days. So... Even though it was illegal at the time, she started selling condoms, both because they were needed 
and to finance her information activities. And RFSU AB, the company, was started. With that history, we usually say that we are corporate social responsibility for real, where the business time from the beginning and today is served the good and the not the other way around. So that is the true story behind this brand. And in 2016, it was my turn to relaunch this condom category in the Nordic markets. At that time, we had some challenges. We had a negative sales and user trend that we had been seen for a couple of years. We also had increased competition from um, other condom brands. We also had decreased brand awareness among the younger target groups. And of course, as being young and being introduced to condoms, it's very important that you, you get the brand loyalty from the beginning. So this was, of course, something that we really had to change. So why condoms is really important for RFSU is obvious. So why isn't it so obvious for everyone? And everyone knows why, how they can bought condoms. They are everywhere in the Nordic markets. But because even so, condoms are actually a product that quite a few people want when it comes down to it. And that we wanted to change when we took the new approach to the condom category and in the work with the campaign, Dear Condom. And it was our mission to change the attitude towards the condom. So this is an amazing story, an amazing company. What a great kind of background to, to where RFSU came from. Frida, let's come to you here. So how did you begin to approach a problem like this? And how did you ultimately make the condom sexy? So when coming into this, we obviously had a lot of research done already from RFSU on, on the brand awareness and the metrics in relation to condoms within the target audience. So with all of that research done, we started to delve deep into how we could close the condom gap. And as anything else, our actions are affected by popular culture and norms. So we started looking at how the condom is portrayed today. And to be honest, the condom has been getting quite a bad rep within advertising. It was framed with humor and really, quite honestly, quite a lot of sexism. Within popular culture, it was seen as a joke. And within porn, it was basically non-existent. So no wonder that people have a problem getting the condom on when you're never shown a situation when it's used that still feels natural and sexy. So knowing the rational arguments like STDs and pregnancy was not really enough to change behaviors. We needed to change the perception of the condom and make it sexy and thus a natural part of sex. But with that decision, we also faced sort of our first challenge, namely how to reach out with very sexy content. So if you look at most social media platforms and channels today, so Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, even Spotify, prevent having too sexual explicit content, even if it's in our case about prevention and safety for youth. So that's something that we would have to think about, like how far did we want to take this without losing the essence of the brand? How much did we want to play the rules of the social media platforms without losing what RFSU is all about? So basically not restricting sexuality, being pro-body rights in all its form. But since the platforms also have an ad hoc approach to their rules, it was really hard to say what would pass or not pass. 
And here we ended up realizing that staying true to the brand was paramount and we needed to find other ways to get through. Then we sort of delved into making the film. We started interviewing a lot of young people to identify situations that would resonate with them. And when asking them about condoms, we quickly confirmed our hypothesis that there are a lot of different opinions on condoms out there. It smells like plastic, it ruins the mood, basically so many feelings involved and it's quite hard to talk about. Many couples we interviewed had never even discussed condoms. It's so true, isn't it? Even within couples it's never discussed. This is just something that never comes up. Definitely. For some it was an obvious part of sex, for others not even a question that have ever come up throughout their entire sexual history. So to get that sort of true resonance with the target audience and also stand out from the rest of the category, we also chose to be completely honest about the product, the good and the bad. Because it is not all roses with the condom. And to ignore that, we needed to showcase all the feelings that we got from these interviews. So basically, we developed this initiative that we call Dear Condom, a raw and basically honest love and hate letter to the condom based on the audience's true feelings. I just want to add to that as well, that we have had, of course, some roots in this. When we did this project, we discussed how honest can we be, how much will bring up when it comes to the negative things that we already know but in the end we felt that that was the only way for us to do this as we have this background we are not only selling condoms our vision is to make people use them when they are needed Mm. and that's why we wanted to be so true to this story and so true to the message that we thought that the target group actually could relate to. So, yes, it was some discussions when we did these uh, project meetings, and I remember them a lot. We also discussed on how big risk can we take in being blocking, because, of course, our limitations when it comes to media budgets is also we don't have huge amount of money. So, of course, we want to be uh, in the platforms where we have efficiency, but also where the target group is. But in the end, we said that we have to stay true to the story that we want to say so we can't adapt to the media platforms guidelines we have to do the story we want to do was there any ever any hesitation for either of you at any point that this was the right way forward was this kind of one of multiple ideas that you really committed to go with or were you kind of nervous about going ahead with it at any point yes from our aspect we were nervous and we I had quite many meetings to assure that what is the plan B? How can we do if this happens? What will we do there? We had so many different cuttings uh, in levels on how sexy or how where where could we be? How could we balance it? How sexy is too sexy? Yes. (laughs) And and for for whom? (laughs) Uh, So that was really a a challenge. And also from the beginning, we had like a hero film in this Dear Condom. But in the end, we had so many snippets, so many different levels of sexiness. And we have all these interviews in the end. I don't know how many assets it is, Frida, but it's a lot. (laughs) It's much more than a hero film. And when you were engaging with these influencers at the start and bringing them in, was there ever any resistance from them from their side to want to be part of a campaign that was about something like condoms? 
I think obviously it for some people it might be hard to be in this different sexual situation, but RFSU is such an amazing brand to work with because when you hear the purpose of the campaign, you want to get involved with it. And we did a lot of a very big casting process because we wanted to showcase the full width of the target audience. Also, like all the different sexual diversities and situation that the youth could find themselves in. So it was a very big casting process but I think the casting process is also what made the film so good and it could resonate with so many people. There's so much to unpack here so it's really exciting to uh, keep going with this conversation and I know that later on in, in our chat we'll talk more about exactly what features in this film and we'll also make it available for everyone to, to see as well so they can see exactly what we're talking about. Annette, in our earlier conversations, you referred to the condom as the product that enables you to be free. So how were you able to integrate that sentiment into this campaign messaging all the way through? Yeah, and that was actually set very early in this relaunch for for the condom category because we were really like evaluating what is our purpose in this category comparing to other brands and for us is in the our history that the condoms actually make you be able to be free because you don't have to worry about the consequences of having sex with, with a person when you have used a condom actually the story where we have this love and hate letter in the end they have facts or statements about what the condom is and in the end they say but Dear condom, you make me feel free is in the end. It's the last promise when the story is told. And of course, that is in our heritage from our story, our history of what RFSU stands for in general. And the condom is a really important symbol for that in the work we do in general. I don't know if that was the answer to the question, but it has really been the sentence of that you are free to enjoy sexuality with a condom. Yeah, totally. And it it grounded all the messaging around it. So let's talk then about the video itself, the campaign, the reception in a bit more detail. Frida, what did we see from an impact perspective? So what was the reception? What's happening next with the campaign? Tell us about the impact that it had. Yes, so we had really amazing figures on this. So for the first campaign, we basically saw a 6% increased sales on a stable market after the campaign period. We also got so much coverage on primetime news, both national and international. And as well, a really proud moment for us that was that UNESCO actually asked our FISU to present their condom as a modern way of talking about these societal issues. And then we actually continued working on this platform and you can fill in here later as well, Annette, if I miss something. But we did a second activation then in 2019 and after that we could see even more effects. So we got 8% increased condom usage from 2018 to 2019, which showed a significant decrease of the condom gap and 11% in brand awareness and preference within the target audience from 2018 and 2019. And that was really amazing to see, especially since there were quite big penetration within the male target audience within this sort of huge group, which are really hard to reach. So I think 
we are super proud to see the behavioral change that also came with this campaign. I would like to add that we had uh, what you can say a perfect timing or maybe it was professional timing, I don't know. But it's also linked, of course, to where the society is now when with the generation set and the values they have. I think we spotted something there in 2018 that has just started and we can actually see now, of course, the pandemic have affected the condom usage a bit, but not as much as what we can see now when the restrictions have have been uh, lighting up here in the Nordics. We can see that the condom usage in this target group is even higher than ever. So it's not just since 2019, we can see it actually now again in 2021. So it's, it's it's a really changing behavior and attitude towards the condom. And I also think that it's linked to the society where we are and it's linked also and I think the pandemic will probably push it a bit further than than before. So societal as well as commercial impact which is yeah fantastic. Fridi you mentioned the uh, the press coverage I'm wondering how much of that was negative and, and positive what was the press coverage that you got what kind of things were people saying about the the campaign and I imagine as they say all press is good press all coverage is good coverage did that further support your campaign? I don't think we got any negative press within the media coverage. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Annette, but I think it was a lot about, a lot of the press coverage came from all of the influencers that were in the film and they were sort of picking up on their thoughts about the condom. But we didn't really saw that that negative press coming around. That's no, great. we didn't. And of course, it was a lot of attention when it comes to these influencer and actors were in the film and were giving their voice and their participation in this because and I think from what I've heard there has been none that had been any negative effect the opposite that it's really important that the target group is represented in the film by to talk through the target group to the target group. That Mm -hmm. is actually what we have been doing since 2018. It seems to be very efficient for a product as a condom and uh, for RFSU. So no negative aspect in that at all. Amazing. Thinking about marketing campaigns as general, and I feel this is your bread and butter, so this is what you do day in, day out. And then from your perspective, Annette, as as a brand looking to take this approach, what made this so different was how authentic it was and how real it was, but not in a way that came across as gimmicky or woke in any way. It just felt really authentic. How important was that? How easy was that to achieve? And to both of you, you know, Frida, is this something that you've learned that you'll carry into further campaigns because you can see the impact it makes? And Annette, has it changed your view on how you market products going forward? open conversation I can start I mean it was maybe a bit different from the first film to the other one but I think we started from a point where we wanted it also to be very like hot and interesting and revolutionary in a way Uh, Mm. and it's like a fantasy world (laughs) with all these meetings in this first film with all these scenes and different uh, environments it also have different tempo yeah. Uh, that it also goes a bit up and you can feel that it's almost like a crescendo or something. Mm-hmm. And that was very important because we wanted to have that it factor when we did that film. And we wanted people to be 
that, what we were showing. And there's so many different scenes. Each person can relate to different kind of scenes. When it comes to the second film, where we have this couple where you will follow them from, from starting point when they meet at a home party and then they go to explore the Swedish nature uh, <laughs> and it will end up in a very nice scenery. <laughs> there we were actually using not famous persons. They are a couple in real life uh, and yeah. they are like... Two persons in the street. And that we also got comments. Oh, I think it's so nice that you have really chosen people that are like me. It's very yeah. authentic. And it's because also the, the theme on this film is that sex is a dialogue. And that you really, it's very tricky to have this dialogue. But you should always try. And it's um, interactive sides. And you can follow his thoughts. And you can follow her thoughts. And you see that they are not always the same. So it's a true, uh, authentic story in that. And that was also gathered by interviewing young people in the target group. What are your thoughts when you are in these situations? Uh, So it's a very authentic insights work in both these films Mm -hmm. and the stories. So Mm. Frida, please (laughs) add what you want to add. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting because... Brand building is all about differentiation in a way. And I think in in this case, authenticity is differentiating. It was differentiating in this category and it will probably be differentiating most categories. But what I found most important in this is how being this authentic and really staying true to the target audience is the sort of key to really create behavioral change and it needs to stay true for you to actually not just take this as another of all the like advertising messages that you you get from other brands but it's in everything that we have been doing for RFSU it has always been different because being genuine and natural is is not something that you see for a lot of brands but for RFSU it's paramount to stay true to that brand so true to that history and also being able to showcase all the diversity that's in body rights and sexual orientation and the way you want to express yourself sexually i wonder if you've seen any change from your competitor or not competitors necessarily but the the large companies that uh, sex industry companies or condom producers i wonder if if this has made them kind of think differently about how to market their products has there been any insight that you've had from across the market of course we are very um, dominating in the nordic countries uh, when it comes to condoms as we have like 95 percent of the market share so we don't see so much marketing and campaigns from competitors Mm -hmm. but of course there are competitors and especially a global very well-known brand that has also been doing even if they don't are so active in the Nordic countries, they are active in other markets. And I don't know why they have uh, changed their platform quite a lot. Hey. It feels sometimes that that company has a quite close look in Sweden. Uh, I don't know, but they have actually changed their positioning quite a lot, maybe the last two years. If that is linked to what we have been doing, or if it's linked to the, that the social climate is changing everywhere, of course, uh, and if you want to attract the generation set, yeah, then you have to change the way of your marketing. That is for true. So I think we can see changes if it's linked to us or not. 
I'm too modest to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also interested, just before we, we wrap things up, in the engagement of influencers in a campaign, because that's such a powerful thing these days, isn't it? We're seeing it across retail. We're seeing it across so many different areas. Do you think that engaging influencers is and really owning that social conversation is almost more powerful than historical advertising or marketing approaches? Will that be the standard from now on, do you think? Yeah, if it's done correctly and that you also have the courage to give them the word to them. I mean, yeah. to really not frame it too much and really carefully select who you are working with and that it's relevant to your brand and that they can really stand for your values, then I think it's outstanding. Especially if you want to talk about these, the more sensitive things and the more self aware things that you want to say I think it's a fantastic way of doing it and I also believe in doing it with it could be influencers in many ways you don't have to be the biggest influencer to have the right influencer and for us it's very important to have the variation we don't want to have one voice we want to have many voices so different people can relate because we have to really make sure that you can find your match in who you want to talk to And they make a really powerful bridge between you and the brand. Finally, then, I want to know what your favorite parts of the campaign were. So for each of you, is there like a shot or a interview or a moment that really stands out that we can go and have another look at? For me, it's that moment in the film when it sort of shifts a little bit. Mm. There's like a crescendo and then the colors come in as well that's been sort of non-existing in the beginning but that sort of gives that explosion feel of an orgasm I think it's just it just changes what the film is really a before and after so I really like that sort of dramaturgy in it it's tricky for me because I was in quite many of the sets as well so I have like the 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 production scenery uh, in front of me and I also see the result in the film I remember when we were in this field and doing the hero scenes in the film and that we actually said that this scene is written in the stars because it was like magic. So I think it's also very much a happy moment where you want every person sometime to experience. experience, Yeah. yeah. So maybe that one. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's a perfect place to kind of lead people to go and take a look at the film. And I can say from personal experience working in the the content team here at Valtech that trying to get this video onto our website has been nothing short of impossible based on all of the restrictions. So we also face the same challenge, but we will find a way to get this film to everybody listening to this audience. We'll make sure that it's linked to our podcast channel somehow. It's been so brilliant speaking to both of you. Thank you. And personally, love this story. It's one of the most brilliant uh, campaigns that I've seen. I love it. So really excited for everyone else to see it. And thank you so much for taking the time to tell us more about it. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the latest transformation series from Valtech Cafe. Hit subscribe to get access to our whole back catalogue of conversations. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, why not visit us at valtech.com for all the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.